Legacy leaders, if you struggle with making timely and effective decisions, then pay close attention. In this episode of the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, we're going to lay the groundwork for developing an efficient decision-making mindset by providing five basic mindset ground rules. So get your pens and your pads out because the golden nuggets are plentiful and you're going to want to take note of what we have in store for you today. Right about now, you are listening to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, a show where we discuss living as a leader worth following, leading others to do the same, and in doing so, leaving a legacy for future generations. My name is Jimmy Gonzalez Jr., a learning and development professional and leadership coach, sitting down with my co-host, Anthony Devon Watts Jr., an expert contact center leader that has effectively led and developed dynamic teams with high motivation. Together, we have over 30 years experience in the corporate game. Join us as we discuss our growth as leaders, share the lessons we've learned, and interview others to see how their leadership style was shaped as they were mentored by adversity. Legacy leaders, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Legacy in Leadership podcast brought to you by the Legacy in Leadership podcast. Uh, legacy leadership learning group uh which is yeah l3g uh l3g coming at you um i am jimmy gonzalez along with my co-host devon watch jr here what's going on leaders yes sir um and we're happy to be back uh we've been last couple of episodes breaking things down with sunil i feel like it's been a long time and we've been doing the uh our live episodes cold brew and convos every wednesday night if you have not caught those yet um but actually kind of getting into our specific platform that we utilize to record our our podcast i feel like it's been a while since uh, i missed last week as you held it down uh with sunil and and part two of our nba series Uh, but we're coming back at you with a whole new series if you've listened to part one or part two uh, of MBA Mentor by Adversity with Sunil Gatsi. You know that we were talking about intuitive leadership and intuitive decision making. Uh, and our goal was to have that be the jump off for the next series for us, uh, which is going to take us through the month of May and really help us to close out season two more than a pod. Uh, and we're going to be talking about decision making, but specifically providing you tips and strategies to make more effective and faster uh, decisions. Uh, as an entree leader, that is important. When you're running a business as an entrepreneur, as a leader in general, uh, it's highly important uh, to to make effective decisions uh, and to make fast decisions. Sometimes you don't have really a long time uh, to really think through too many things. Uh, so you have to be somewhat quick uh, and trust your intuition. Right? We talked a lot about that over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so we're going to be really diving into that in this episode, specifically mastering your your mindset. And really, that's going to be the starting point for us. Uh, but yeah, excited about, again, the next couple of weeks as we as we break down some strategies for you again on how to make faster and more effective decisions uh, for our new listeners and our loyal listeners. Again, thank you so much for again, if you're new, checking out the Legacy Leadership Podcast. And if you've been listening for some time, thank you for continuing to come back every week. 
uh, to listen and to join our live podcast or cold brew and convos that we do every Wednesday. Uh, but again, whether you are new or you are a loyal listener, please, uh, if you are so inclined to leave us a review on the podcast, like this episode uh, and share, share the episode with other folks. Uh, if you are one of our viewers on our YouTube channel, Legacy in Leadership Podcast YouTube channel, same thing goes for you. Uh, like the video, uh, subscribe to the channel if you have not done so yet. And, and again, sharing is caring. If you know someone who you strongly feel would gain value and benefit from these topics and what we're discussing is specifically in this episode, again, we ask that you share that with them as well. Uh, and there's plenty of opportunities for you to do that. And it's cost you nothing. Just click a button, share it, send it to somebody. Uh, and I'm sure, again, that they'll find a lot of golden nuggets that we're going to be dropping. So yeah, that's what I was going to say, man. The beauty is that it costs nothing to share, but the information is invaluable. Mm. The information is invaluable, right? So definitely make sure that you pass it on. But uh, I'm looking forward, man, to get into the topic of, like you said, decision making, especially because um, I know our listeners have heard me mention this, um, you know, a couple of times as we've, you know, kind of talked and man we're closing in on um we're not that far out from our 50th episode man it's, it's coming it's coming here pretty quickly um i know we're chugging chugging along we're still in, in the 40s right but um if you've been listening to any of these the our episodes you know that i always talk about how you know decision making is really the most important skill set that a, a leader or an entrepreneur can master right because if you're effective at making decisions and um you can make decisions, um, you know, quickly. You can make them effectively. You can make them intuitively. Like that covers down all the other gaps that may exist within your organization, right? Um, the decision of who you go into business with, the decision of who you hire, the decision of who you collaborate and partner with, the decision of how you go to market, the decision of how you brand, the decision of how you um, you uh, position your your customer value prop, the, the decision around like your how you deliver your product, all of those things. If you can make effective decisions, you don't have to really master everything, right? And so, um, I'm excited that we're going to start off with uh, talking about you know first and foremost like mastering your mindset when it comes to decision making, and then over these next couple of episodes, we'll uh, continue to flesh out, uh, including getting into some, some specific strategies, and then talking about. Uh, things that drive indecision. Um, and it's funny, too, because, you know, I think, you know, for our listeners, they know, uh, as I mentioned in the last episode where I was holding it down while, uh, you know, you were uh, spending, you know, uh, Stacey's birthday. Mm -hmm. with her, like, Quality like, time. A good, responsible uh, husband, right, um, is that we practice what we preach. And so what that means is the same way we're breaking down these concepts to you, to you all, um, before we ever turn on the mic, our kids have have heard these lessons. They've they've had plenty of cold brew and combos about life, right? Uh, and podcast episodes about life. And it's funny, uh, Geo got uh, is getting a little bit of a master class. My oldest Geo is getting a little bit of a master class over these past couple of days in in, in decision making. Um, and today specifically, so he gets home from um, school, and when he gets home from school, it's the usual routine. Like, hey, you know, grab yourself a snack. Uh, right, um, eat your snack, sit down, do your homework. Uh, after your homework's done, you take a shower, boom, and then you can you know chill for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, he was trying to make a decision around what type of snack he wanted. And then eventually, um, I came out of the office from from working. I had a break in between uh, calls or meetings, 
And then he was like, "Hey, um, can, um, could you get me? Um, can you get me some cookies? Because there's like we have some vanilla wafers." So mind you, Gio's eight now, right? And so like you're not a little jit no more. Like you can go get these things yourself, bro. Like you know how to make a whole sandwich. You know how to do all of these things. Like you could have you could have gotten yourself some cookies. You don't need to wait for me to appear. Yeah. Right. To to get your your cookies. Right. So he's starting to hear my mouth about that a little bit. Right. I'm like, bro, you could have got your. What are you talking about? Like if you want cookies, just go get cookies. Like what are we what are we talking about here? Right. So um, he's like, can you get them for me, please? So he said, please. I go to the the pantry and I notice. The box is already open. He had already opened up the box of cookies, right? Uh, we had just got these yesterday. But the bag wasn't open. Like, he had tried to open the bag, but really didn't want to open the bag, right? So I'm sitting here, I'm like, bro. I said, you already tried to open these. He's like, yeah. And I said, then why didn't you open the bag if you were already here? And he's like, I don't know. I guess I was lazy, right? And as soon as I heard that, it went right into a lesson, right? And so I said, ah, I said, that makes a lot of sense. I said, so you're going to learn a lesson because what you find out is that lazy people don't eat, right? <laughs> lazy people don't eat. You were too lazy mm-hmm. to open the bag. Now you're expecting to eat some cookies, right? And I said, and, um, I said, now lazy people, people who are lazy, make the decision to be lazy and not to put in the effort. Now you're dependent on other people to be fed, right? Mm-hmm. So you're dependent on me, right? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I guess, right? And so I was like, all right, so I'm going to show you what happens when you depend on other people, right? So I opened up the, the cookies. I poured out some for them. And I said, you know what happens when you depend on other people to eat, when you make the decision to be lazy? And he was like, no. And I said, well, that convenience comes with a, with a tax, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And then he was like, what does that mean? And I said, that means I'm getting a portion of these. And I took half his cookies. <laughs> he was just sitting there, like, stuck, like, uh, you, you ate half my cookies? Yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said, absolutely, because unlike you, I made the decision to not be lazy and to put in the effort. <laughs> and so my services come with a fee, and my fee is half your cookies. <laughs> I was eating, eating the vanilla wafers in front of his face. And he was like, he's like, I was going to ask you to get me some milk, but I'll just go get it myself. <laughs> ah, we learned. You're learning. <laughs> yes, learned. quick learner. <laughs> yes, so, my young uh, Padawa. <laughs> so uh, the kind of the moral of the story there, uh, just like for him, right, as we talk about the decisions that we make, is that every decision that we make uh, comes with a cost, comes with an opportunity cost. And, you know, you can obviously make the decision to leverage other individuals, and you may be willing to part with whatever that opportunity cost is, right? You can make the decision to do it on your own. And, again, uh, you know, have to deal with you know, the the opportunity costs associated with that as well, the effort, the the energy that you assert. But again, we are subject to the outcomes of all of the decisions that we make. And so, um, really excited to start talking about the mindset when it comes to decision making, and then building on on that from there uh, for our legacy leaders, man. So what I, what I will tell you too, uh, my poor baby boy. Uh, He's a young man now, but uh, you'll be surprised, not surprised how many lessons you will be teaching both of your boys in the kitchen. There have been many a time. And I've told you about some of the conversations I've had with him Um, late night. You know, something's going on and it could be one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And we're just in the kitchen and, you know, pops is is breaking it down and. Most of the time, yes, talking about decision making. Um, but again, for 
for any leader, uh, it is important for entrepreneurs. It is important. And yeah, for our parents out there, uh, it is definitely important to teach your kids about decision making. So really, we want to we want to kind of get into mindset ground rules, some some five ground rules that really go hand in hand with the the seven decision making strategies and these strategies that we're going to be breaking down for you over the next couple of weeks. Because we're like, you know, you have to have that right mindset. You have to have that in place uh, to make the things that we're going to be talking about over the next few episodes just that easier to implement because you're going to be in that right frame of mind. Um, and once you have that right frame of mind, everything is going to make that much more sense to you. So we have five points that we want to break down for you guys today. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, we should just jump right into it. So I think Devon's going to go ahead and start on the first one for us. Yeah, for sure, man. So, um, I know that, you know, a lot of our listeners may have heard this either shared before or mentioned before, but, um, it keeps coming back around because it is, it's incredibly important when you're talking about decision-making because it helps you to avoid indecisiveness, right? And that is controlling your controllables, being able to control what you can control, right? Um, when we talk about that, really what we're saying is you have to be able to discipline yourself um, as you're making these decisions or processing all the information in the, in the attempt to make a decision. You have to be able to discipline and train yourself to never ask what if, like to not get lost down that rabbit hole. So let me rephrase that. There's nothing wrong with asking what if, as long as you are using that to uh, address a controllable and prepare for that, right? But there's no value in going down that what if rabbit hole if the only thing you're going to focus on are the things that you have no influence over at all, right? Because even to, to some extent, even highly predictable outcomes still hold a degree of unpredictability, right? And there mm -hmm. are unforeseen, or unforeseen events that are going to still be out, outside of your control, right? And so um, <clears throat> I think about, like, for this one specifically, like, we, we talk about sales, right? Like, we, we both come from, from sales backgrounds and cutting our teeth there. Um, and I remember, man, even, like, having come from... Um, you know, collections first. Like that's how I first started. I, start, I first started um, my very second job. I won't say my first job. My first job was Taco Bell, Long John Silver's, Best Fry, uh, fry Cook in uh, Orlando. Holla at your boy, Chalupa's on deck. Um, right. Um, but I did that. And then when I went into business, right, my first opportunity was really in collections for Singular, at and mm -hmm. Wireless. I was cutting off phones. <clears throat> and... I remember as I started that process, because I never really had that type of exchange with somebody where you're talking about asking for money for services and all this other stuff. And I remember having this conversation, right, at, you know, 17, 18. Like, man, like, what if I ask them for, you know, to pay their bill and, like, for the payment arrangement? And, like, they cuss me out. <laughs> like, like, they flip out, they get mad, they get upset, da 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 Right. Um, and I remember like I'm going down like all of these different scenarios. What if they're dealing with a situation where like, um, you know, they got a family they're in the hospital, but their phone's cut off. And like I'm going through all of these different scenarios in my head, really just, you know, manifesting reasons why to validate my fear of um, to affirm my fear of asking. Right. Of asking. Right. And being able to justify like why I don't feel comfortable asking and I remember mm -hmm. the trainer just let me go on for a minute and they were just like how much of that can you control like that's all they asked me and I was like 
well, no, and they're like, no, let me, they're like, let me rephrase that. And all those scenarios you can, you mentioned, what can you control? And I was like, well, I, I, I don't know, I guess, you know, just like me, you know, just like what I say and what I, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like you're spending a lot of time, a lot of energy focused on how somebody else would potentially respond, but let's focus on the decisions that you have to make in front of you. The decision is, right, you decided to come to work. This is the job that you decided to do. You decided to collect a paycheck. The role requires you to ask folks to pay for the services that we're providing. And if they're unable mm -hmm. to pay for those services, to set up payment arrangements, right? Can you do your job without taking the first step of asking? Well, no, I can't, right? So that's your first, that's the second decision you have to make. You decided to come into work. Your second decision is, are you going to decide to ask and do your job, right? <laughs> and then the third decision you have to make is, how do you respond when you get an answer back one way or another? That's all you have to focus on, right? Because the tools that are in front of you, the decisions that are in front of you are really simple. And it wasn't until like I really wrapped my mind around that that I, I was like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. Because like, I have no influence on what's going on with Janet in Jersey or uh, Pam in California or uh, you know Terrell in Florida. Like I, I don't. I don't know what I'm going to get, right? I don't know what I'm going to get, but I do know that the role requires me to, to ask. And so I, I share that because as we start talking about like gearing that towards um, – entrepreneurs, right, and you're talking about controlling what you can control, jumping into business, starting your business can be an extremely scary and intimidating decision, right? Um, who to partner with, asking for funding, asking for, for a partnership or collaboration, asking for resources, naming your price. You know how many entrepreneurs struggle with just being affirmed in the price for their services and being mm -hmm. able to articulate their price, right? Because there's this fear of, well, what if they tell me that's too much? What if they tell me they don't want to do business now? What if they tell me that I'm not going to qualify? What if they tell me, and we get lost down this rabbit hole of all these what ifs, and we need to center ourselves, anchor ourselves back to being able to control what we can control. You have no control over, you know, uh, what this client, this potential client will think about your, your, your price or your services, right? And if you go into the, the decision automatically assuming what the outcome is going to be and using that as a reason to not ask, I will guarantee you this. There's going to be somebody who will. <laughs> and they're going to get the business, right? And you may not have, uh, you may have missed out on the opportunity to continue to grow your business because you decided to not focus on your controllables. So again, instead of focusing on the things that you can't control, you have to focus your thoughts and your energies on what you can control, um, such as like what information you have available to you, maybe your previous experiences, and then think about steps to maybe implement the decision, people that you would want to, uh, that you need in order to implement it, and the tools that you have at your disposal, and focus on that. And if you work with that and what you have in front of you, that's one of the most effective ways um, to be able to make timely decisions over and over again. Yeah. Um, a lot of nuggets you just dropped. Every time that I'm talking to somebody about controlling your controllables, I think about Carmen, like you're talking about sales and I, you know, it, it kind of threw me back to Winter Park. <clears throat> I forgot what kind of what was going on, but I remember her, you know, she was reporting to me at the time and she comes into the office and she like puts her arms out and she does this for our viewers out there. <laughs> and I'm like, 
Carmen, like, what are you, what are you doing right now? And her doing that, just extending her arms out and kind of wiggling her fingers. She was just making the point, like whatever I can reach and touch, like that's all I can control. Anything. Yeah. Anything beyond that. It's, it's beyond me. So why even focus on it? And to your point, sometimes we focus so much on the what ifs that it, it hinders our ability to move forward. Uh, and, you know, I know a lot of people in my life are, you know, talking about just that mindset piece and controlling your thoughts and not allowing yourself to be paralyzed by the what ifs. Because um, you don't even know. You don't know if, you don't know if they're going to happen or not. Right. To your point, you know, what if I don't start this business? What if I don't just jump head first? You know, from a, a branding perspective, we've been having conversations about that and, and studying and learning more about branding itself. And from a social media perspective, you know, so many people get caught up. Well, what if they don't, you know, what if I don't get likes or people don't comment on my stuff? Like, forget all of that. Like, why are you doing it in the first place? Right. And think about the why and just, man, show up for your community, show up for your community, show up for the clients that you have and give content uh, and just be there for them. And if you focus more on on what you can give and just being yourself, uh, more times than not, like you're going to, you're going to gain traction. Yeah. You know, the, the people yeah. that, that rock with you, they're going to, to show you love. They're going to give you likes. They're going to share the podcast. They're going to give you reviews. Uh, they're going to do those things. But if you're just focusing on the what ifs and what if people don't like it, what if people don't comment, what if people don't share, what if people don't listen to the podcast, like we may have never started in the first place. Nice. Like, no, like this is, this is what we want to do. This is why we want to do it. And you know what, regardless, we're going to show up. Every Wednesday, every week, we're going to be dropping another episode and we're going to keep coming at it um, and control the things that we can control. Right. What we talk about, how we how we deliver the 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 podcast and the content, uh, the audio, the visual, all of those things uh, that are in our control, everything else. It's up to the people. Yeah. It's up to the to the hashtag legacy leaders out there. Right. Our entree leaders uh, to to either like it and enjoy it and, and subscribe and follow and those type of things. Um, luckily, you know, right, we're getting some love and we are gaining some traction. Um, so that, yeah, absolutely. Big shout out to, to all of the folks out there, especially on Podbeam as, uh, as the followers continue to grow the podcast itself. Um, but again, if, if, if we focus so much on, on, you know, what if people don't like it? What if people are not rocking with it? What if they don't like what we're saying or, or how we're delivering it? Again, we may have never started in the first Absolutely. place. So control your controllables, uh, which really leads us to really to the next, you know, kind of uh, point that we wanted to make. Right. As we as we break down these these five components is embrace the unknown, like instead of being afraid of it, instead of being scared of what you don't know, um, just embrace it and, and move forward with it. So. uh some huge entrepreneurs that we can learn from, right? So when you think about people like Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, um, what do they have in common? Obviously, Steve Jobs is passed, but when you think about the, kind of those iconic tech uh, CEOs, entrepreneurs, what do they have in common? It's the mindset of an adventurer that is willing to brave the unknown to achieve, to achieve their dream. Like they didn't know how things were going to work out, but they had a vision, they had a dream, and they were going to do whatever it took to, to embrace that and just push forward. Uh, so a lot of decisions, they really just simply require that drip, that drive, right? And, and that passion that you need in that adventurous spirit to move forward. 
Um, even as I'm saying this, I kind of, my sister, man, popped up in, in my head and um, shout out again to, to Selena. Talk about her every once in a while on episodes because she's an entrepreneur herself and um, a, a business coach and business builder with Monet. <clears throat> I think about the passion that she has and the drive that she has and she doesn't know what's going to happen, right? She has goals and she has uh, dreams and things that she's trying to achieve, but man, she just continues to show up every single day for her team, for her customers uh, on social media and sharing what she's very, very passionate about. Um, and you mentioned this, man, like I remember having a conversation, like we went out to lunch um, and this was before, right before kind of the, the pandemic hit and we're kind of talking about, you know, her, her thought about jumping into Monet and kind of, you know, how do I grow this? How do I do this? And I've done uh, several multi-level marketing businesses. So we've talked about Trinity Fitness and winning uh, formula marketing and other things that we've done. Um, but uh, there's a number of multi-level marketing or relationship building uh, companies that I've been a part of in the past. So just trying to give her some some advice and some tips. But it really just had to, to do with the mindset, like forget about the what ifs. You're going to have people that think you're crazy. You're going to have people that are questioning what you're doing or why you're doing it. Um, you have to know your why. Embrace the fact that there's going to be things that you're not sure how they're going to end up. But you can control your mindset. You can control your drive. You can control how passionate you are and how you convey that to, to your audience, to your community, and to the people that are out there. Uh, and when you do that, like you're, you're able to, man, just to experience the truly the thrills of entrepreneurship. Because I think entrepreneurship, there's definitely calculated risk, right? And, and decisions that you make, but all of it is a huge unknown. Like you have this faith, you have this plan if you've put your business plan together, uh, but you still don't really know 100%. Maybe you're following a blueprint that somebody else has laid out. Maybe you're getting coaches uh, and people that are mentoring you and helping you through the process, but there's you still don't know for sure uh, how well or if it's going to work out, but like that's the thrill of entrepreneurship, right? One of the thrills anyway is is putting yourself out there, having this vision, having this passion and like, man, whatever it takes, I'm going to do what I need to do to succeed uh, and not focus on the, the things that I can't control, that I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and you know what? I'm going to be excited about those things. And when they come up, I'm going to I'm going to look at them, you know, in in adversity, uh, in the good times and the ups and the downs and, and realize that in the end, it's all a part of the process when it comes to to starting a business or just starting a new venture altogether. Yeah, man. The thing that really resonates with me when I'm thinking about like embracing the unknown and you mentioned some some phenomenal, obviously, entrepreneurs and, and thought leaders um, when it really comes mm -hmm. to kind of that space. But it's, you know, knowing that. You know, when you're truly embracing the unknown, like what you'll find is that the the journey, the opportunity is going to reveal itself to you along the way. Right. Like, mm -hmm. like as you mentioned, like as long as you continue to just like show up and then to do the work and to remain disciplined. Right. Like it will naturally reveal itself. Like I think about like, for example, um, you mentioned uh, Jeff Bezos. Right. And him initially mm -hmm. starting the business at Amazon to be a. Um, an online book company to compete with Barnes and Nobles, and like, look what they've become, you know, from that, right? How that's spun off to be the largest online retailer, one of the largest providers of um, cloud services, 
right? Um, cloud services for companies. Like, so now they have a whole nother B2B model that just focuses on like the AWS work and uh, kind of offering mm-hmm. up the cloud services because of the tech investment that they had to make. Like, and when he started the organization, when he started the company, it was never with the intent of, oh, hey, I'm going to build a, you know, an online retailer um, that sells everything and um, also cloud services, right? Like he got into the space thinking, I'm going to sell books, right? Or Steve Jobs and, um, you know, Apple really being founded with the thought process that they would create computers to rival, um, you know, HP and, and, and things like that. And really, when you look at where Apple has taken off, it's really been in their, the innovation around the cell phone space, right? Like they didn't get mm-hmm. into, you know, Steve Jobs didn't get into the business saying, man, we're going to make some hello, some, some hello, some cell phones, right? Like he wanted to make computers, but look at how, how it's evolved, right? Or, <clears throat> excuse me, um, uh, there's just there's just uh, you know a, a litany of examples of individuals that have just embraced the unknown, been committed to showing up, being committed to doing the work, and then continuing to learn um, while they're in the marketplace. Mm. Learn while they're in the marketplace and say, okay, well, yes. how can I solve the the problem that's in front of me? How can I continue to control my controllables? Um, I think about somebody like Elon Musk, right? Like um, Elon created Tesla. To be honest with you, he was never in the market. He never desired to get into the to the car space at all, like to create cars. Really, the dis- reason why he decided to, to create Tesla in the first place was because it was going to be a proof of concept around the... Um, around the uh, the computers, or not the computers, I'm sorry, the batteries, right? And the, the whole mm. entire electric vehicle OS, right? Because this thought process was, hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to create this technology and uh, appeal to existing car manufacturers around its um, viability. And the companies, the car companies said, man, we have no desire to like electric cars. Like, no, it, it can't be efficient. You're not going to get the distance. You're not going to do this. Or like, what about the infrastructure? Like, no, 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 we ain't trying to hear any of that. And so he said, okay, well, then I'll prove it. And started his own car company with Tesla. And that's actually why um, the entire Tesla OS, like the whole, the battery, all that's open source. That means that any of these car companies can use the the technology they can you know broker obviously broker a deal with uh with elon to do so but they can use the technology and literally put the os on top of their vehicle like you know into their vehicles right um Mm -hmm. and then now you see how where where tesla is in terms of the marketplace and how it's valued and, and how it's seen in the whole nine but so again um these entrepreneurs embrace the unknown and said okay well i don't know what's going to come of this but i do know what i can't control and how do i solve the problem that's directly in front of me so uh, i really appreciate you just kind of bringing that point up and continue to bring up the point which i appreciate which is showing up and doing the work right showing up and doing absolutely 100 percent. gotta do that gotta do that like i said for your community for the folks that uh that follow you um they want to hear from you. They want to hear from you that they want uh, your tips. They want your strategies. They want your services, whatever it is that you provide your product. So you got to continue to show up for you. So we're breaking down uh, really five kind of ground rules when it comes to mindset uh, on how to make decisions more effectively and faster. Uh, so we talked about controlling your uncontrollables, um, embracing the unknown. And then this third one that you're going to jump in for us really has to do with minimalism and simplicity and 
keeping it simple. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we've learned this as kids, right? I mean, there's a reason why these parables, like I said, continue to just get passed down over years and years and generations and generations, right? Um, everybody knows to kiss it, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Um, that's how I learned. Um, I know that nowadays mm-hmm. they say keep it simple, silly, because um, they want to be less offensive. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's one uh, shout out to uh, Kat that I was talking to you about, Kurt the Connector. Uh, on Instagram, definitely. If you, if you want to learn about branding, uh, again, shout out to uh, his handle is at Kurt the Connector. Uh, but he, in the book club that, that we've been doing, he said, "Keep it simple and systematic." And I hadn't heard that one before, and I was like, mm, "I like that." Yeah, keep it simple and systematic, which definitely falls right into to this section of what we're talking yeah, about. Absolutely. So when we talk about minimalism and simplicity, the thing that really comes to mind here is when you're talking about implementing a solution, right? Like less is best. And what we mean by that, right, is the more complex you make the action, the tasks, these long to-do lists, all of this stuff, the more friction you introduce into you actually taking action. Like you Mm -hmm. look at it, it's just daunting. Like, man, I gotta do, you know, this 17 step process that just, you know what I mean? And then you just say, eh, I ain't really feeling it right now. Right, like the, the, the more friction you introduce into action, the less likely you are to take action. And this comes back to, for me, uh, not just the the need to to keep it simple, but also the benefit of keeping it simple because by keeping it simple, you're also naturally embracing the idea that growth is, um, like you have to iterate growth, right? Like, and what I mean by that is, you know, I I was sharing this with, um, with, you know, a couple of my partners when we, uh, we were doing UFO Empire, right? And we were just talking about mm-hmm. like the the process of uh, creating music, creating you know, uh, you know, putting together an album and stuff like that. And especially like, trust me when I can say this because I am this right. Creatives when they are in their creative space, they can be obsessive about perfection, like obsessive about perfection. And I love to talk about creators when we're talking about entrepreneurs because to me it's synonymous. Right, whether you know, your canvas, you know, your canvas is the marketplace, right? As an entrepreneur, your canvas is the marketplace. You're building your business. You're painting this picture. You're creating the, you know, you're coloring your business with with this brand to, you know, to attract folks, right? Like, and the goal is at the end of the day, when your when your art, your work of art is done, your business, you can take a step back and truly appreciate it for the value. And what it took in order to, to create that, right? So I use those terms synonymously, uh, but I used to share this, uh, you know, with Skip and Clay all the time, which is that, like, guys, like, we we can't allow perfection to continue to put, to get in the way of us being heard, right? Like being heard. If the if the point is to share the music to connect, right? Like, not everything is going to be flawless, right? And, and we have to be comfortable with that. Because we have to understand that as we get feedback and as we continue to refine our, our, our skill, we will get better. Mm-hmm. There is a reason why, you know, Windows is on version 10. It's because the first nine versions were not perfect, <laughs> it, right? But they knew the value is in keeping it simple, executing effectively and getting it out there, learning and then iterating growth. And so when we talk about, you know, um, keeping it minimalistic and, si- and simple, right, that's exactly what we're stressing, right? It's, it's good to have a mindset, this mindset for every aspect of your life, uh, again, avoiding long to-do lists, not over-scheduling tasks, 
Um, you don't need to gather every single bit of information under the sun or consult with the dozens and dozens and dozens of experts. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. <clears throat> I think sometimes we, um, I think sometimes we we outsource we outsource decision making too much. Um, as entrepreneurs and as leaders, out of fear of making the wrong decision, we outsource decision making too much, and we almost solicit too much yeah. advice. Right, we're talking to 17 different people, and well, if I could hear what the 18th person will say, maybe that'll really help me, fam. Like, you don't need to talk to 18 people. You need to talk to that trusted few. Whether it's your, um, whether it's your entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur coach, whether it's your business partner, whether it's your family member, right? Folks that are in your inner circle. Going back to the episodes that we've shared before, right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just want to. You want you want to keep yourself disciplined in that respect because if not, it can be a recipe for just too much information um, that can be overwhelming, and then you just end up getting decision fatigue. But uh, a minimalist mindset really means making trivial decisions quickly without sweating over the details. Right, that way, when an important decision comes up, you're ready to tackle it quickly, and you can also give it your full attention. Because I, I also think that. Um, decision fatigue can definitely be a, a real thing too right like there's some things that we, you don't need to wring your hands over to make a decision on, right mm. make the decision or delegate the decision down if it's not if it's not that life or death right um excuse me and uh that that ensures that you have the capacity to be able to make the decisions that are uh worthy for lack of a better word, but I think is appropriate, worthy of your time, of your attention, of your focus, right? Because these are going to be the major decisions that make or break your brand, make or break your business, right? And so, uh, again, you have to be able to keep it simple, right? Keep it minimalist. Know that you're going to iterate growth, right? Don't, uh, you know, don't overwhelm yourself with, you know, information. Um, Avoid decision fatigue, uh, delegate down some of those simple decisions so that you can spend your energy, effort, and focus on the major decisions that require, that are worthy, worthy of your level of decision-making and expertise. Yeah, that's why I like, again, keep it simple and systematic. Know, know your decision-making process. Know if it's a, if it's a heavy decision, what steps you're going to take. Uh, if it's something, again, that really you shouldn't be sweating over the details, you know, these are the steps I'm going to take and follow that. And again, go back and listen to episode 40 and 41, but also trust, trust your intuition, but also learn to develop that throughout, you know, as, as another tool when it comes to these decisions. And if you're realizing, okay, I've made bad decisions in the past and I'm going back and I'm analyzing, how did I feel? What did I think? You know, what were some of the things that maybe were key that I, I may have missed that led to that that bad decision as i start to improve upon those things again you don't have to <clears throat> get caught up in in all of the details now and that may be part of your personality for me i've always been um it's just come easy like making quick decisions because you know if you think about disc and you've done that particular personality assessment um especially earlier on in my career high d and the type of individual that makes decisions very quickly. Now, at, at, as time progressed and as, as I've 
grown and matured, I had to learn to analyze more and, and be more systematic in how I'm making my decisions. But like, you don't have to sweat o- over all of the details. So just think about those things as you continue to, to move forward uh, again, so that you don't have that fatigue that Devon talked about, uh, especially if you're in a role that a large portion of what you're doing is making decisions it can get tiring. It can get tiring. It can drain your energy. And I know we've talked about it, even coming home sometimes, whether it's, you know, what restaurant are we going to go to or what are we going to eat? Like, I just want somebody else to make the decision. Like I've made 50 decisions already today uh, and I just want somebody else to do it. Um, so decision fatigue is a real thing, especially again, if you're putting way too much effort in sweating over details that you really shouldn't be. Um, so there you have it, folks. Three three different points. We just talked about minimalism and simplicity. Uh, and we think about, again, kind of these five ground rules. The fourth thing that we're going to jump into is the fourth ground rule is mindfulness. Which uh, before we, we started hitting record, we were reminiscing uh, about a conversation we had in the workplace several years ago, uh, having a team meeting. And I expressed to somebody like, man, like you you need to really be a little bit more mindful about the decisions that you're making, what you're doing. And they just like mindful, like, what do you mean by that? Um, and it was just a very, a very funny moment. Uh, but mindfulness is, it's a very powerful mindset really, again, just to have in general, not just when it comes to decision-making mindfulness means being fully present and grounded in the moment. And that's really the point I was trying to get across to that individual way back in the day is, you know, being present, thinking about the decisions that you're making, thinking about that moment and being grounded in that moment itself, <clears throat> excuse me, and especially the the teams that we had and the people that they, you know, they were there to be responsible for and looking to serve and being mindful about your decisions and what you say and the things that you do and how that affects the other people around you. But a mindset of mindfulness will, it's going to prevent you from becoming overwhelmed with the big picture, right? And, and future consequences of your decisions. Um, it is important, right? Because uh, I, it just popped in my head. I thought about this, this quote from uh, Jason Palmasano, who was the, the founder and CEO of Trinity Fitness Ministries. Um, and he used to paint and do his thing. And <clears throat> said, so, you know, your, your decisions will echo in eternity, and while definitely there's decisions that we make that can have very lasting and very severe consequences to them, um, again, sometimes getting too caught up in in the what ifs, right? We just talked about that is not the best thing for you to do. Uh, so it, preventing you from you know ruminating about bad decisions you've made in the past and similar situations, this can be very mentally draining and just cause again major major decision fatigue. So by being mindful, you're really focusing on the task at hand and trying to make the best decision that you can based on the present situation, because the past and the future, as we talked about, is complete out of your control. Can't change what's happened in the past. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. The only thing that I can really focus and control is right now and the thoughts uh, and the information, who I'm talking to, um, who I'm, I'm seeking, you know, guidance from and making sure that, again, I'm not trying to talk to 17, 18 people uh, and that I'm going through my process and making sure that I'm focusing on what I can control right now. Um, mindfulness is it really is easy to cultivate if you practice it. And, and that's 
I think one of the underlying points that we're trying to make as well is that when we talk about decision making and mindfulness and, and intuitiveness, you know, these it all improves with practice and and realizing that, again, if I analyze it, if I think about these things, if I think about my thoughts and how I felt, um, I can improve upon these decisions and I can improve upon this process as I continue to move forward. And over time, it's going to become second nature to you and you're going to significantly improve your decision making because you're working on it. It's becoming a skill for you. And again, like anything else, after time, it just becomes uh, second nature because now you've put in so many reps in practicing that it's almost like that that muscle memory, right? It's just there and it just happens. And then you don't have to think about things so hard or that decision-making process that you've come up with, now you're able to go through it even that much faster and, again, more efficiently and effectively because you've practiced, you've worked on a skill, and you've developed it over time. Absolutely. Like, when I think about mindfulness, man, it just reminds me of um, this conversations we were having with Sunil in regards to, like, being present, right, and how um, mm. intuitions, you know, if you guys listen, I think you, you may have recalled this, we said, you know, intuition likes to play in the present. It likes to play now. Right. And everybody talks about being now and living in the moment and not in the future, but very few actually are able to do so. And so uh, just kind of kind of thinking about that mindfulness to me always comes back to just being being present and aware of how the decision and the, the decisions and the actions that we take today will influence right what our vision for the future. Right. Like us manifesting our vision for the future. Um, and like for me, it's easy to 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 practice mindfulness when I think about the boys. Right. And like my interactions with the boys, because I know what my vision is and what type of men I want them to ultimately be. Right. Um, how I want them to carry themselves. Uh, you know, how, um, you know, how I want them to walk out into the world with a certain level of confidence and assuredness, but still empathy for other individuals and um, mm -hmm. you know, being um, affirmed in their decision making and not easily swayed by the impressions or opinions of others, uh, but also being, um, you know, flexible enough where they can um, take in differing perspectives and opinions and, you know, be indiv independent thinkers. Right. And, um, I will just say I have that that muscle has been being tested extensively over these past couple of uh, weeks and months as Linux has fully embraces terrible twos um, as a toddler, right? Because um, he's finding his voice and you can see him making decisions. And you can see um, he is very assured in some of the things that he wants to do. Right, and so he's assertive, and Gabriella hears me, you know, say this, and like, like I love um, his assertiveness, right? Like, he, if he wants, if he wants his presence to be known, um, you will know it. In fact, you know, a couple of his teachers and stuff like that, they've mentioned that, like, he just he carries himself with a certain presence, with uh, which obviously warms my heart uh, as a father, and you know, proud, like, all right, yeah, man, like, you know, he, he got that about himself already at two, right? Um, but the same thing I love. Is the same thing that be testing me, right? When uh, you know I'm, I'm, you know, calling him or giving him direction, right? Or just, hey, you know, Lennox, it's time to eat. No, like, what do you mean? No, it's time to eat. Like, no, no eat. No, we're gonna eat. <laughs> like, it's time to eat, right? Or hey, put that down. Or hey, come out of your brother's room, right? Or hey, don't touch that, 
right? And him just, again, asserting himself. And in those moments, what I, what I have to tell myself, the way that I'm able to be mindful is, I know how impactful me reinforcing or redirecting those, uh, his actions in those situations can mold his desire or his willingness to continue to be assertive, right? Like if I, for lack of a, a better uh, way to express it, um, not something that I would do, but if I were to overpower him and the, you know, when he told me no, like, who are you telling no? And, you know, meet that with dis- some type of discipline. I'm training him hmm. to quell your assert, like your assertiveness. There's no space for your assertiveness here, right? So then how could I ever envision him or hope for him in the future as he grows to fully embrace and refine and hone that assertiveness if I'm killing it at such an early age. And so the same is true when you're talking about your business and some of these disciplines within your business and how you go about the business of running your business, right? Um, Being mindful about if you're partnering with somebody or let's say you're a solopreneur and you're doing this yourself, right? The way you interact and engage and uh, address um, <coughs> excuse me, address shortcomings or failures in your business and your process, whether it's dealing with clients or you have an employee or a partner that's dealing with clients or a partner that's dealing with you, right? If you're not mindful and in the present in the moment and able to address that with the right level of um, assertiveness, but also um, uh, empathy where needed and understanding. Right. If you're not mindful enough to say how I handle this situation now with one client will determine how I handle the situation with a hundred clients, a thousand clients. Right. Like if you're not mindful enough to be aware of that, you're going to be in a tough spot. You're going to find yourself in a tough spot. Right. Because mindfulness and awareness comes back to what they you know, our listeners may have heard you and I mentioned plenty and plenty of times. Right. Which is being a steward over few. If you're a mm-hmm. steward over few, then you will be a great steward over many, right? Um, and again, back to this theme that you keep, you know, you've been bringing up, which I love, right? Which is just being able to show up, you know, show up, control your controllables, uh, all of those things, but just consistently show up and do the work that's in front of you and, and be anchored in why you're doing this, right? If you don't consistently show up, if you don't stay anchored in why you're doing this, you're not mindful about the importance of doing that early on, you can't flip that switch later on. You can't flip that switch later on and say, well, I'm not going to be mindful about how I interact with clients or how I brand, or I'm not going to be mindful about uh, my policies and procedures, or I'm not going to be mindful about um, uh, you know, uh, my contracts and adhering to contracts now because um, it's just, it's only, you know, it's one client, right? It's one person. But now when, I, you know, when I'm a, um, a multi-million dollar business, when I'm dealing with 100 clients, then, then I'll be mindful. No, fam. Like, you can't. You're like, that muscle is not going to be ready. Right? You, the, this is, the way you handle these decisions today is already painting and coloring what the future is going to look like. And you're not going to be able to turn that, that, that switch on. And so you have to practice mindfulness now. And to your point, continue to do it in the small. Flex that muscle and then it'll gain strength, and then you'll you'll be surprised how easy it's going to be to be mindful over many, right? Because you've had, you have you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of reps 
on being able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, you know, conversations I would have with uh, with young adults, even you know, way back uh, again at, at Winter Park, and I remember kind of the first time I I said this to somebody, but there was a young man that you know he had aspirations of being a doctor, and you know, again going back to Chris um, and, and some of our late night you know conversations. Um, and God willing, man, you know, he'll he'll reach that goal and become a, my son will become a veterinarian one day. But, you know, I told told my son before and again, thinking back to, to this conversation with the young man um, man, probably about 15 years ago or so. It was. If if you really want to be a doctor. Don't again, getting back to decisions, don't try to wait and think that you're just going to flip the switch five years from now. And all of a sudden now that school's done and, and I, you know, I've gone through my residency that like I'm a doctor because be a doctor today, like the person you want to be in the future, start working on being that person today. And a large part of that has to do with the decisions that you make. If you want to be an entrepreneur, start making the decisions and building the habits that you need today so that you can not just start a business, but as we've talked about, you can keep the business and maintain it. And, and if that's what you want to do, then scale the business and grow it and be able to truly help more people. And again, leave a legacy for generations to come. Um, but if there's something that you want to be in life, don't don't wait for things and and think about well, you know, I'll I'll get better. I'll do. It. I mean, there's always room for improvement, but think about the decisions that you're making today because those decisions, those habits that you're creating, and the skill that you're working on and developing, is is what's going to allow you to be whoever it is that you're trying to be, uh, or growing to be, or pursuing in the future because you're working on that today. You and I have heard this um, share plenty of times. Uh, you know, um, you know, with our own, um, you know, religious beliefs and. Um, you know, just, you know, for me, you know, as a jit growing up in the, in the church, right? But, like, you know, faith, even faith requires effort, right? Like, faith requires effort, right? And so that means you can't just hold out this hope, this faith that I'll be ready for the moment when the moment presents itself. Like, years from now, like, I'll, you know, I'll be a good steward, right? Like, when I have to exercise discipline, then I'll do it. Like, no, man, you got to start doing that now. Like, how can mm. you, how can you say... I'm going to, you know, once I, you know, once I make my first, you know, six figure uh, year, then I'll start investing in myself. If you're not investing in yourself now, <laughs> if you're not investing in yourself now, right, uh, when you're, you know, making thirty thousand, you know, thirty five thousand, forty thousand, right, mm -hmm. it's it's all about uh, going back to, um, you know, keeping it simple and systematic, right. It's all about establishing the right habits and the right systems now. So that as you grow, it's easier to implement with more, right? It's easier to implement. Exactly. With more. Um, I can tell you, like, you know, for me personally, right? Um, you know, when I first, you know, started, you know, started off, uh, you know, working my very first job, Taco, again, Taco Bell, Long John Silver's, right? My very first, <coughs> excuse me, my very first job, I think, had me making... Eight twenty-five an hour, eight dollars and twenty-five cents an hour. Now I had no bills, so it was some good eating um, for for then, right? But uh, eight dollars and twenty-five cents an hour. So if you do the rough math on that, right, you're talking about roughly like seventeen grand a year or something like that. That's if I'm working a full forty, which I wasn't, right? So I was making you know pennies on the grand scale of things, right? But even as a part-time employee at Taco Bell, Long John Silver's, making eight dollars and twenty-five cents. 
I made sure that I was invested in my 401k. Like, with $8, right? And I established those habits early on so that when I went off to, um, you know, uh, AT&T Singular and I was making, um, I think, $10 an hour, maybe ten fifty, right? Then I went over to Sears and I was making, like, uh, gosh, maybe $9 an hour, nine fifty, something like that, but plus commission, right? And then I got my first salaried leadership job where I was making, like, $32,000 a year or something like that, <coughs> right? Through all of those, I had already dis- I had already created the discipline of investing in myself. Like I had already had those habits. I knew that a certain portion was going to go to my four hundred one k. I knew a certain portion was going to go um, to um, to some type of stock investment. Right? Like I just I established those habits. I was mindful of making sure that the little that I got, I'm going to make sure that I have the right discipline, so that when I was blessed enough to continue to grow my career. Um, and start to experience my first six-figure years and stuff like that. Like that muscle had already that muscle had already been honed and perfected and, and flexed so many times that it was nothing to carry it through with with a lot, right? Because I was always mindful from the beginning, and so mm. uh, we continue to reiterate this just because it's so 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 important, so powerful as like especially as you're starting your business. Right, create the right habits now. Be mindful now. Don't don't hope or don't hang your hat on when the moment comes, I'll meet the moment. Like, why wait for the moment to come? Right? Why why wait to meet the moment? Why not be prepared so that the moment will meet you? <laughs> mm. <laughs> why not be prepared so the moment will meet you? Right? Uh, right? Bar. And so um Again, guys, just mindfulness, 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 mindfulness is so, so critically important when we're talking about the, having the right mindset, having the right, right mindset when it comes to decision making. Yeah, um, definitely a lot of uh, nuggets dropped in that one. So we just broke down for you four kind of ground rules. Uh, again, when it comes to the, the mindset, ground rules for mindset. Uh, to truly effectively make decisions and make them faster. Uh, the last one that we're going to jump into is accept the possibility of failure. Mm-hmm. Now, if you listen to like DJ Khaled and all I do is win, 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 uh, you want to think about the positive outcomes and you don't want to, to think uh, or put too much effort and thought right into what if this doesn't work out? But it's just embracing that it's a possibility because we're, we're it's it is a possibility. Right. Um, but embrace it with open arms and just don't be fearful of it, because if if you're focusing too much on the possibility of failure, then especially from a negative perspective, then it starts to have power over you and it affects the decisions that you make. Uh, and I've told uh, the story even recently uh, within season two, uh, about, you know, starting, starting Trinity fitness, but the decision to, to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave my corporate job and I'm going to take a a leap of faith uh, and take this step and and put myself full time into building this gym and, and getting Trinity fitness to that next level. We had already been doing it for a couple of years, but, you know, actually getting into uh, a physical space and, and I appreciate the questions, you know, but I had an individual in particular that asked me, like, what if 
it it fails essentially maybe not in those terms but what if it gets to a point where you have to make a different decision well if it happens it happens but like that's not what i'm going to be focusing on right now i'm going to be focusing on all the positive outcomes and how we're going to be able to help people and the things that we're going to be able to do um but it is possible right and, but the more realistic you are right and develop a mindset of accepting failure it's an inevitable part of the journey. Like none of us are perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail at things. Uh, and we even talked about, you know, a lot of the um, kind of those those entrepreneurs uh, that are very well known these days. Think about how many times they've tried things and they failed, but they've kept going. Uh, they they made reiterations. Uh, they made adjustments. It is a part of the process. And if you're afraid to fail, if you're afraid to make mistakes, Again, most likely you're not going to make a lot of decisions. You're not going to move forward and you're not going to put yourself out there. Um, it's important to know that we can train our minds to see failure as a learning process where we can gain experience for those mistakes. You know, fall, uh, fall forward and fall fast. Right. And, and, and if you're going to make a mistake, make the mistake and then learn from it and keep moving on. Pick yourselves up and just keep pressing forward. Um, it's a crucial part of that uh, of that mindset for quick, bold, and efficient decision making. Um, so think about those things and accept again that possibility is a failure. Don't dwell on it, but accept it. Have open arms, embrace it, and then move forward and learn. Learn from the mistakes. Uh, learn from uh, again. We always say that's not truly a loss, right? When you when you're able to to learn from uh, those those failures and those mistakes. And keep moving right it's not a loss it's a lesson and um i think exactly um, you know for me yeah I, I just i think about you know attempting so trying to avoid making a mistake is the biggest mistake you can make <laughs> right like um you know even sunil like you know i think his very first book was right uh fail fast um succeed faster and the whole, and yeah, the whole concept exactly. was really analyzing after talking to all of these different entrepreneurs, business, business leaders, thought leaders in their respective spaces who have been extremely successful, you know, amassing a collection of all of their failures that have helped to pave the road for success for them down the line. Right. Because we all tend to focus on, um, you know, the things that went right. Like, for example, like, uh, you know, with uh, Elon, right, we focus on Tesla and we focus on all that other stuff, right, uh, SpaceX, but we don't focus on the uh, company that he had put together, that he had built, um, that was meant to, I think it was to, to graph out or to chart out um, roads, right, like it was supposed to take like digital, mm. digital uh, images and printing of like roads, um, and that ended up uh, failing and going belly up, or, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, we focus on you know, the, the innovation and the, you know, the genes and the, you know, the, the black turtleneck and the unveiling of the initial, the original iPhone, but we don't highlight the fact that he got fired and kicked out of, uh, of Apple in the, in the first place, right? Um, we don't uh, highlight the fact that Jeff Bezos was um, basically dead broke through his 40s, and it wasn't until, until his late 40s that, you know, Amazon started to create some traction, and he, you know, obviously... Um, ended up becoming the, the, the world's wealthiest man. Um, you know, we don't highlight the fact that, you know, Abraham Lincoln was, 
uh, for example, you know, who's you know considered one of the greatest, uh, probably the greatest. You know, some people debate that, but the greatest, uh, you know, president elected official to ever serve for the United States uh, was a a failed politician on multiple occasions. Like we don't highlight those mm-hmm. things, right? Um, and it's this this failure that paved the road for success, right? Because there were learnings along the way. People learned. They were fined. They got better. They improved. They developed a skill set, right? You know how many times? Um, like we'll just even use our, ourselves as, as an example, right? Um, even through this this process of of uh, podcasting, potting, and stuff like that, man. The failures that we've made along the way from episode one up until now, whether it's uh, you know. <clears throat> excuse me, how we edited something or how we captured the audio, how we captured the video, how we marketed it, like, you know, all of these things, the spaces that we're occupying, how we're advertising, you know, clips for, you know, clips and all the, all these different things, just the failure along the way that what's necessary for us to learn and improve and mm-hmm. iterate and say, well, we're going to do this differently, right? We're going to do this differently. Um, and so people focus on, right, the, the success, right? The you know consecutive months of you know you know thousands you know thousand plus downloads, um, or the fact that you know um, you know our podcast you know was um, you know uh, played around literally on every single um, continent with the exception of where the penguins be, um, <laughs> right? Um, in the world, right? Like, but that's not how it looked, you know, in month one or month two, right? Was, yeah. It was ve- it was very heavy Florida. There was, was you know, so I know mom, you know, mom and pops was listening, right? Like appreciate that. <laughs> right? um, so 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 again, guys, like when we talk about accepting the possibility of failure, it's not it's not succumbing to like, yeah, I, I'm going to fail. It's not that. It's not what we're saying. It's saying that failure failure is a possibility exists, but it's nothing to be afraid of because when you really look at it. It's just it's just another opportunity to win, right? Both opportunities you learn. If what you put together is successful, you just learn that you you figured out the formula. And if what you put together is not mm-hmm. successful, you just learned that there's part of your formula that needs revision, right? And now you didn't have you know it's not like you spent wasted months or time wondering if you have the right formula. The marketplace answered that for you. And then now you yeah. can now you can dig in and solve your like control your controllable solve the new problem that's in front of you right um, if my marketing is on point right but <coughs> excuse me if my marketing is on point but my service delivery is not well great I don't have to spend any energy now focusing on my marketing I know my marketing works I'm getting people into the top of the funnel I'm getting people who are interested but I can't convert I can't convert right so now I can put all my energy and effort into focusing on my service delivery model. Right, and I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't gone to market and I had failed in my service delivery model, right? And using that as a lesson. So um, again, accepting the possibility of failure, um, realizing that at the end of the day, failure is really just a paper, a paper lion, a paper tiger, right? Like, ain't nothing to be afraid of, right? Ain't nothing to be afraid of. We're gonna, uh, you're gonna learn from it. You're gonna figure it, figure it out, and it's just an opportunity for you to improve. Um, to refine and to come back stronger, to come back stronger, mm-hmm. uh, because now 
you know that's not an opportunity anymore. You have the time to figure it out and to solve for it, and you solve for it. Now what's the next yeah, challenge? Yeah, absolutely. There it is. Boom, boom. All right, legacy leaders. So we just gave you five ground rules uh, when it comes to the mindset, right? Controlling what you can control, embrace the unknown, um, keep it simple and simplistic uh, or simple and systematic. Uh, when it comes to minimalism and simplicity, uh, mindfulness is important. And then the last one that we just jumped into is accept the possibility of failure. Um, because it's going to happen. Uh, so what we're asking you to do is really over the next couple of weeks as we continue to to use this foundation that we've just built from a mindset perspective and start to um, build upon that foundation for these strategies that we're going to be providing on how to more effectively and faster, uh, quickly make decisions, um, start to, to work on developing your mindset. The more your mind starts learning to, to think differently, the more successful your approach to tackling these decisions is going to become. And then you'll start to notice some amazing differences again as you work on it, as you practice and you build that skill. So combining this this mindset and these ground rules that we just provided and the strategies that we're going to be outlining for you over the next couple of weeks. Again, uh, it's going to supercharge your decision making, but you got to put in the work. You got to put in the work. You have to be consistent. We're going to be consistent and continue to show up and continue to bring the hotness, which is the legacy and leadership podcast. You just have to be consistent uh, to show up, to listen uh, and to show up to YouTube channel and watch whatever you fancy, whatever is going to be best for you. Um, but as we get into to next week, we're going to be focusing on, again, really starting to, to break down uh, these different strategies on how to, again, more effectively and faster, um, faster decision making uh, along the way. Uh, so to all of our, our legacy leaders out there, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, we sincerely appreciate that. Um, please show us some love again, comment, like, and share the episode, uh, whether it is through your favorite podcast platform, or if you're sharing the episode on the YouTube channel, uh, whichever one, we don't mind. We don't care. We appreciate it. Nonetheless, uh, if you want to reach out to us again, you can still connect with us uh, on Facebook, join the legacy leader community, uh, which we're still in there. We're still working with our folks in there, uh, and, and really, looking to continue to grow that community and the the entrepreneurs that we have within that community so especially as if you haven't heard facebook is doing some different things over the next couple of months as summer comes and really starting to take this this audio medium uh and and adding some different tools uh to to Facebook groups, we're going to be taking advantage of that. So we're going to continue with our cold brewing convos uh, and our live episodes. Um, yeah, just definitely be on the lookout. And as we continue to talk more about that as summertime rolls around, you got to be in the community. So legacy um, leader community, meet us there as well. Uh, always, again, follow us on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Legacy Leadership. You can follow myself at Coach underscore Jimmy G Jr. You can follow Devon at Leadership Docent. And of course, LinkedIn, Facebook, and a YouTube channel, Legacy in Leadership Podcast. Um, so like, subscribe, and of course, share, especially again, if you know that somebody's going to get a lot of value out of this episode, let them have it, share with them, talk about it, and then leave some comments. Leave some comments and let us know what you think about these five ground rules that we just broke down as far as mindset is concerned for decision making. Uh, we'd love to conversate with you about that as well. Um, so stay tuned next couple of weeks as we man, start to 
to close up season two more than a pod yeah um exciting stuff but again thank you legacy leaders for rocking with us um until next time uh god bless y'all and stay encouraged Rage on that beat, going crazy. You have just listened to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, hosted by Jimmy Gonzalez and Devon Watts. Thank you, and we hope that you live, lead, and leave a legacy worth remembering. Until next time.